Welcome into the Power Alley. If you're familiar with the podcast, I'm your host, Pat Melicaro. As the offseason continues, the baseball winter meetings are going on out in San Diego right now. At the end of the week, the Rule 5 draft will take place. In recent memory, the Bisons and the Blue Jays have been beneficiaries of the Rule 5 draft, both players that were acquired from other teams and also players that maybe found their way back to the Toronto Blue Jays system in someone like Jordan Romano. As we continue on in the offseason and wind our way towards spring training in 2020, I thought it was time to take a look at the prospects for the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll take a look back at 2019 and take a look forward to what might be in the future for some of the top prospects in the organization. To do that, we chatted with Ben Badler from Baseball America. He covers the Toronto Blue Jays organization. He helps put together the rankings of the top Blue Jays prospects for Baseball America, the work you can find every year in the Baseball America Prospect Handbook, which will be coming out later on in the offseason. Now that the top 10 is out from Baseball America heading into 2020, I thought it was time to check in with Ben and get his thoughts on some of the prospects both going forward. But first we started with a look back at 2019, a year in which saw several Blue Jay prospects make their way through Buffalo. It started at the beginning of the season with guys like Anthony Alford, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio. We know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. joined the Bisons as well. Kevin Biggio may be one of those surprises this year. There are other prospects like Sean Reed Foley who continue to try and make progress towards being an everyday major leaguer. I started there with Ben asking him about some of those 2019 prospects, specifically Biggio and Sean Reed Foley. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, you look back what they did uh, from their farm system last year. Obviously, you start with uh, Vladdy and, and Bo at the top. I mean, you're graduating two of the elite prospects in the game. Uh, Danny Jansen as well and, and Biggio, you mentioned. I mean, I think I think Biggio has kind of, ever since he got drafted, has kind of been trending up and up. <laughs> um, I think he's, he's surprised a lot of a lot of people and and I think there's still you know you, you can still see some kind of deficiencies in, in his game that that he's going to have to address but uh you know certainly for you know for where he was uh, a couple of years ago to now he's taken huge steps forward and and yeah Sean Reed Foley is I, I think he's just one of those prospects where like man you know you just these or you see or major leaders now where you see you see that you see it in flashes I mean he's constantly Showing that as as a prospect, where like I'm, you know, you see him on on the right day, where like you know where he is locating his fastball, and uh, you know the breaking ball is on for him. He looks really good. <laughs> he looks like he could be a, you know, like a, a mid rotation type starter. Uh, but that consistency day to day, especially with the, you know that that fastball command is not there for him yet. So I I don't know. You know, it may end up his future is in uh, the bullpen coming out in, in short bursts and, and the stuff plays up there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think the key for him is that that fastball command and, and just being more consistent uh, with it because you can see the glimpses of it there. But um, it's it's just not showing up on a on a consistent basis, at least at least not yet. Tell me if you think I'm wrong, and I know every organization has a player or two, whether it be position player, but more, I think, more predominantly in terms of pitching, where there's so much roster turnover, if, especially if you're on the 40-man to begin with, where you can go up, you go back down. You know, now the window goes back to 15-day injured list, but you know, being able to work the system, so to speak, the last couple of years, and that can hurt guys at times. And I feel like Sean might have just been caught up in that in his first real full year of getting exposure to the big leagues and having to bounce back and forth. 
Yeah, I think the so the triple A level of baseball, like that kind of jump from triple A to the big leagues or just triple A in general is one of the most interesting levels of the game to me because you have you know, you have these, you know, young kids coming up, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Vladdy or Bo were there last year and they come up and they're the, you know, the impact guys that everybody is talking about, the young prospects. Uh, but then you have, you know, guys like, uh, you know, whether it's Sean Reed Foley or, you know, I think we saw it some this year with like Anthony Alford, too, where, you know, when you're in AAA, the, the results start to really matter. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the development matters. But if, you know, if you're a player, you're saying, hey. You know, especially if you're on the 40-man roster now, I I could be up in the big leagues quickly, um, and I I want I want to have the results count. And and sometimes you know you start to see guys you know press either at the AAA level or right when they get to the big league level. So you see sometimes guys get away from their strengths at times, or uh, you know cer- certain things that kind of get 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 them get them out of their element when. You know, they're they're so close to being at that big league level. So, um, yeah, I think with, you know, I, I think of, the, you know, a little bit more experience. He's somebody who, uh, you know, that that consistency could come from. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's something that, you know, for I think for Reed Foley in, in particular, it's always been kind of up and down through him, for him throughout his uh, throughout his time in the minor leagues. I'm glad you brought up Anthony Alford's name because he was another person I wanted to ask you about specifically. And it seems like, you know, he, he you mentioned he, he's had a little bit of taste of big league life and here at AAA, he's excelled at times, but another guy that just really struggles to get it going. And, you know, maybe, you know, going into 2019, he's even talked about how not being on the opening day roster when he thought there was a, he was going to make that 25 man roster and then kind of letting go of all the outside elements of the game and just playing the game uh, how much you know for for a guy that was number 11 for the Blue Jays organization last year according to Baseball America you know what what is maybe the ceiling or, or where where do you have to reset the expectations for someone like Anthony Alford right now yeah with he's such an unusual player because he's he's just missed so much time uh, relative to his you know really just relative to his peers because he was a you know he's a star football player uh, come out of high school playing in, in college. So from, you know, for three years, I think he had about a hundred or so uh, at bats total just because, uh, you know, he was so focused on football. He's had, you know, a bunch of injuries through that time. And I think he's, you know, he's a, he's an excellent athlete uh, plus runner who can play a premium position in center field. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he's strong. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's getting to the point where now, you know, he's, he's 25 years old. He's, he's going to be 26 next year. So he's, you know, he's, he's not, you know, your typical, you know, 25 turning 26 year old guy. I don't typically think of that as a, as a prospect, but uh, just, just because he's had such an unusual uh, career path with, with how he's gotten here. Uh, but at, at a certain point, I, th- I think for him, yeah, I mean, the results are, are what matter. At, uh, at this point, he's got to make, I think, adjustments with his with his swing. He's I mean, he's got plenty of bat speed and, and athleticism. But, uh, you know, I think he's had trouble with his with with his timing, just being on time, being late, uh, trying to keep his swing through the hitting zone a little bit longer so he can have a little bit more margin for error with that timing, I think, is something that uh, he's going to have to make an adjustment for. But. You know, like I was saying before, it's 
you know, these guys when they're just on that cusp of, of being in the big leagues or, or in Alfred's case, you know, got some taste of, of the major leagues last year too. Um, you know, it, it's tough to try to make changes and, and make adjustments to, you know, to your swing is pretty, you know, pretty, you know, significant changes like that when you're being judged on, on the results more so than somebody who's, you know, coming up in, you know, low A, high A, trying to make that adjustment there, uh, you know, where it's, it's more about the development than, than the outcomes. So, um, you know, he's somebody who I think, you know, we've, we've been dropping in our, in our rankings over, over the last couple of years. Uh, but uh, a lot of athleticism and a guy who can play a premium position. So uh, I think this is going to be a pretty, pretty big year for him to show that, uh, you know, he, he can make that uh, or it, to show if he can make that uh, next leap at the major league level. You know, Anthony is one of those guys, and I'll throw Jonathan Davis into this list. They're the most recent examples here in Buffalo. We have had a lot of outfield prospects and, you know, you can go back to the first couple of years, the, the Bisons Blue Jays affiliation back to 2013. You, know, you had guys like Anthony Ghost, Kevin Pilar is the best example, but there's been a lot of depth at the outfield position. And I feel like now, especially heading into 2020, that depth has flipped. And whether it be through trades or just draft wise, uh, very shrewd drafting, pitching is now maybe the biggest strength that we're going to see at the upper levels of the organization. And I just, I guess I wonder if, if you agree with that and if, if you've seen that kind of trend that way. Yeah, they've definitely, and, and it's a good thing for, for the Blue Jays to, to be adding that pitching. They, they certainly, I think it's probably their biggest area of need right now at the major league level, uh, you know, to have obviously Nate Pearson, who I think you can make a, a argument that he's the best pitching prospect in the game. Uh, if, if he's not number one, he's certainly in the top uh you know, three or four, maybe five, if you if you want to really stretch it, <laughs> pitching prospects. E- either way, I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a frontline, really true number one type starter, assuming he can handle that, uh, you know, that full season starter workload. Uh, you know, but you've got him, you've got, uh, you know, Simeon Woods Richardson, who, uh, you know, I don't know if he starts in, in double A this year or not, but uh, if not, I expect him to be there uh, pretty quickly. So you've you've got, two arms there and in Pearson and and Woods Richardson in particular, who, uh, you know, have Pearson's case as a chance to be a, you know, a front of the rotation guy and and Woods Richardson, I think, uh, you know, maybe uh, if everything goes right, a a number two or or more comfortably uh, a number three starter and and two guys who are, uh, you know, pretty, pretty polished. I mean, Woods Richardson still very young, but does not pitch like he's uh, 18 or (laughs) or 19 years old, somebody who I think is, uh, and, and already has moved through the system, uh, or through, through, through the minor leagues pretty quickly. And I, I think is probably going to continue that trend, uh, in 2020. And you look at, in addition to Simeon's Wood Richardson, Anthony K, another player that came over those two pitchers coming over for Marcus Stroman, uh, right in front of the trading deadline. So for the Blue Jays getting big time prospects in, in Anthony's K's case, you know, came over from Syracuse at the time, uh, where he struggled, uh, it seemed like the results were coming on ever since right and uh, right before the All Star break at the at the prospects game and uh, the the futures game in in Cleveland, and then all of a sudden he's in the big leagues in September. So for Blue Jay fans that are looking for immediate uh, dividends in that trade, they they kind of got those in 2019, didn't they? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think to me, of, you know, of those two guys, you know, we have Woods Richardson stacked up higher. I, I think he has. 
probably more upside uh, to be a, you know, a mid to potentially, you know, number two type starter if everything goes right. Uh, so a little bit more upside than KK, I think is more of a, you know, a solid back end starter. Uh, for me, I know there's scouts who probably like him a, a little bit more than that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, a good, good fastball from, from the left side, low to, Low to mid nineties, uh, you know, the, the breaking ball, uh, you know, curveball changeup, uh, you know, I think it probably depends which night you see him, which is more effective. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he certainly has the, uh, the stuff to, to help him, I think in the, the back end of the rotation, uh, this, this season. Coming off the, the arm injury in 2018 and the limited innings that he threw, what were maybe your expectations and what did you want to see from Nate Pearson in 2019 and and now that he has had that year under his belt you know what what are maybe the next steps you you want to see or or uh, expect to see from him come next season yeah i just just wanted to see him uh healthy this year which which he he stayed healthy i mean it wasn't like you know he went down with some you know shoulder injury or an elbow thing we were worried about uh, you know tommy john you know he got hit by a you know, a comeback or kind of a freak injury uh, the year before. So he basically didn't pitch in, until the Arizona Fall League. And, and when he was in the Arizona Fall League, he was, uh, you know, it, you know, you could, see, you could tell the command was still rusty. But, I mean, stuff-wise, it was, uh, you know, you know, uh, I mean, almost mid-100s <laughs> with, with, with his fastball. It's kind of, a, you know, you don't write that too often. So uh, just to see him stay healthy all season was was really nice and just to get to show the kind of talent that he has it was a really unusual uh workload that he had for uh for most of the season i mean he, they held him to about a hundred or so innings during the season and he was kind of alternating for most of the season between you know he'd throw five innings uh one start and then he would throw two innings you know every other start <laughs> uh, and he would kind of rotate back and forth between that so i think really just to be able to see him uh, and, and we start to kind of see it toward the end of the season, just throw, you know, you know, six, seven innings consistently every start. I don't see any reason why he, he shouldn't be able to hold that workload, but uh, just to be able to actually see him do it and have some track record of that in 2020, I, I think is important because, you know, everything else is there for, for him. I mean, it's uh, I mean, he's he's sitting even when he does, you know, throw those five, six inning starts, he's sitting in in the upper 90s. Um, it, you don't see very many, you know, you see guys who can touch the upper nineties or even triple digits. And, you know, usually they're sitting, uh, maybe low to mid nineties. I mean, he's, he's sitting with, uh, you know, pretty much top of the scale type of fastball. He's, he's, his slider has come along, uh, really well. It's, it's, uh, you know, plus to, to double plus pitch, uh, for him. I, I think he's going to miss a ton of bats. Uh, with both that pitch and and the fastball, not just because of the velocity, but just the uh, the life on on the fastball too. So um, it's uh, you know he, he hasn't really needed that changeup a ton, but I think that gives him a third legitimate pitch to to attack hitters too. And and he throws strikes. Um, you know, six six guy come coming at you with good angle and uh, and, and pretty good extension too. So. Um, you know, really, I think health was, was just the key for him this year, just being able to show what he can do. And, uh, as long as he shows that durability to, you know, handle 180 plus inning, uh, workload, I think this guy has a chance to be a, a number one starter and, uh, could really be a frontline guy for them as, uh, as quickly as this season.
you know, for it was only a small sample size. It was three starts, and he picked up a win, his first AAA win with the Bisons at the end of the year. The thing that struck me the most was how calm he was for a 23-year-old. It, it always felt like he had a plan. He stuck to the plan, and, and maybe that's I'll, – I'll give some credit to, to his battery mates as well, which I think was different every time. But, you know, there was that trust there, and he didn't deviate from the plan, even if he wasn't uh, – didn't have his best stuff or didn't feel like he was over – overpowering triple-A hitters. It was just he went out there, he had a plan, and he wasn't rattled by whatever went on around him. That To me, that was the most impressive thing. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has that uh, that poise. And, you know, when you have the kind of stuff that he has, it's, it makes it a little uh, easier to uh, to have that confidence. I think he's uh, he's got tremendous stuff, and, and he throws, you know, he, he throws strikes with it, too. It's, uh, uh, you know, not one of these guys that's just out here – throwing gas and you, you don't quite know where it's going to go, but he's, uh, you know, especially for a big, I mean, sometimes guys who are, you know, six, six and, and, you know, have these long arms, and long limbs flying everywhere. It sometimes takes them uh, a little bit longer to keep everything under control, but um, he, he does a pretty good job, like you said, of just, you know, staying calm and, and staying under control uh, and being able to, to harness the, the electric kind of stuff that he has. You know, in addition to Nate Pearson and some of the other pitchers, Anthony Kay, I think the the nice thing, at least for me, looking ahead to the beginning part of the 2020 AAA season is all the different starters that we maybe expect to see here early on bring a little bit something different to the table. And I'll add TJ Zoik to that mix. Another pitcher who had an injury in spring training last year missed, you know, the first two plus months of the year. But not only did he throw the no-hitter for, for the Bisons in August, but it felt like he was steadily putting together an under-the-radar strong season. And the numbers might not be there if you just look at wins, losses, ERA, whatever. But I felt like TJ Zoik had a very solid 2019 when you, you look at it from start to finish. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, talk about another, Blue Jays have a whole bunch of guys in their system between Pearson or Alec Manoa or... or... Uh, they just drafted Kendall Williams or, or Zoic, who are these, you know, six six, or in Zoic's case, six seven now. I think, <laughs> um, you know, enormous, enormous guys. He he doesn't have that kind of bat missing type stuff that that the other guys do. But it, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it, it's not a comfortable at bat. Um, he, he's not. He doesn't really have the secondary stuff to 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 rack up the strikeouts. I mean, I think that's a uh, significant concern with him, but it's, you know, it's, it's six foot seven downhill angle with really heavy sink. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, as long as he throws enough strikes and, and can, you know, find something more of a, a reliable secondary pitch for, uh, himself, I, I think he's got a chance to, uh, to be a back end type starter, maybe, um, if, if everything goes right for him just because he comes at hitters from such this, uh, you know, such, such a really difficult angle and with such heavy sink on, on his fastball where, you know, even if he's not missing a lot of bats, you hope he, you know, can throw enough strikes and, and just get so many ground balls just to, to get a lot of weak contact and, uh, you know, make up for the, the lower strikeout that way. So there's, there's certainly a lot of risk with that but you know just being six seven downhill angle with such heavy sink is uh not something you can find from from too many arms in in the uh around the game 
and you mentioned it right there. You know, Zoic relies so much on the defenders are, are behind him because of the the sinker that he'll, he'll use, and um, you know, just getting a lot of contact and weak contact. Somebody I'm interested to see what what 2020 brings is Kevin Smith. He, his stock, I don't know if had had been any higher than going into the 2019 season, at least early on in his career. Um, what did you maybe see from him last year? What are what are you looking to to, to see if he continues to uh, trend upward in, in his progression. Yeah. What, I mean, it was a difficult, it's difficult what to make a Kevin Smith, because if we were talking a year ago about guys like trending up in the system, I mean, we, he'd be one of the first guys we'd be talking about him. And we jumped him into our, our top 10 prospects. Cause he just, you know, tore through two levels of a ball I uh, was hearing good things from scouts on him. He, he made some, uh, you know, I think some adjustments with his swing that helped. He, he hit, uh, I think it was like 25 home runs between the two levels. So you're talking about a, a shortstop with, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a power hitting shortstop potentially and, and a guy who seemed to be everything was going in the right direction. And then this year he got the double A and, uh, you know, I think he got off to a slow start and it just kind of spiraled from there and, and he went to the Arizona fall league and, and, you know, I don't know if he was just gassed by the end of the season, but the, you know, obviously the results there were, uh, you know, were, were not very good either, but um, I, I think he, the, you know, the, the thing with him, I think he looked to was, all right, it wasn't that far <laughs> in the past that, you know, this guy was having a lot of success uh, in, ter in terms of the performance and, and the, the reports is from scouts as well on him where, where you hope, all right, maybe it was just uh, you know a down year, and, and he can bounce back from it. Uh, you know, it certainly doesn't seem to be going in the right direction. I think he was, you know, like I was saying, he he got off to a bad start, and I think he started to, you know, try to make a bunch of different adjustments and and tinker on his own, and and nothing seemed to ever kind of work for him, and his, his timing just seemed to be off uh, all season. So I, I think, you know, he he's just a tough one to 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 know what to make of but i know that 2020 is going to be a, a big year for him to show that you know last year was uh 2019 was more of a a fluke but uh you know certainly some some concerning signs but at the same time you don't want to you know ding a guy too hard just based on on one year when you know what he did the previous year was 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 so good you know and i wonder and i want to get your thoughts on this there is such a jump from double A AA to triple A and triple A to the big leagues. But do you feel like now that um, maybe it's organizational philosophies that players are maybe kept in double A a little bit longer and are able to develop more so that by the time they get to triple A, um, the stay there is a little bit shorter and that can affect um, whether it be uh, the way that pitching may be better in, in double A or, or just the overall prospects and, and players are at that level, or have you not seen a trend that way and, and things are just, are, are maybe the way they've always been? I think it, I think it depends on the organization. I mean, I, I think in the Blue Jays case, they're probably a bit more, uh, I don't know if conservative or, or methodical is, is a better word for it in terms of keeping their guys at, uh, at a given level for, uh, for a longer period of time. I'm sure you've <laughs> probably heard that when, uh, you know, from fans, when, when Vladdy jr. And, and Bo Bichette were, <laughs> were in double a, or maybe even in triple a, 
Um, you know, those guys, I think, stayed there uh, a little bit longer than maybe some other organizations might have kept them there because, you know, if you look at, you know, what the Nationals did with Juan Soto, for example, and, you know, he, he's a bit of an aberration, but, uh, you know, some those those really super, super talented players, sometimes the, you know, organizations with them or like Joe Adele, they're, they're not going to spend long in double A, whereas I think the Blue Jays tend to, uh, you know, keep their players at, at a given level for, uh, you know, for, for more innings or, or more plate appearances uh, to uh, to try to keep them there uh, a little bit longer. But yeah, I mean, I think that jump that that jump from, you know, from from a ball to double A is, is one of the bigger jumps that, a, uh, you know, that a player has to make in, in the minor leagues. It's, you know, certainly going from triple A to uh, to the major leagues is, is a big one and, and going from, uh, you know, rookie ball to that, you know, f- to low A for that first full season jump. Um, you know, I think those are some of the the big jumps that uh, a prospect has to make. And uh, in, in Smith's case, it you know, there wasn't like a, a big red flag or anything that you saw from him when he was in uh, Dunedin that, that you would think, oh, well, he, he might hit a wall in, in double A or anything. So it was just a, uh, uh, just a, a, certainly for me, a, a surprise what, uh, what he did this year. So I think you can, uh, you know, still have some hope that he turns things around in, in 2020, but, uh, certainly, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, w- w- what he showed in, in 2019 was, uh, create a lot more, I think, red flags than we had coming into the year, um, with, with him. Well, Ben, as we you know, head towards the new year, it- it's, it's always fun to talk baseball, talk uh, prospects. What's the best way for Blue Jay fans that want to follow your work at Baseball America and follow just the work at Baseball America and, and the, the prospects and, and all that? What's the best ways to do that? Yeah, you can follow all our, all our work at BaseballAmerica.com. Uh, we've got our, our prospect rankings for uh, the Blue Jays up, the, the top 10 uh, prospects and scouting reports are up. Uh, we've got all of our uh, international scouting reports, all of our draft scouting reports for, uh, 2019, our, our rankings for 2020 and, and beyond. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, always appreciate people subscribing to baseballamerica.com. Uh, I think, uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, the best way is to go to baseballamerica.com and, uh, follow us there. And the last thing before I let you go, I just wanted to get your thoughts, maybe one prospect in the system that maybe doesn't get enough attention or somebody that has really piqued your interest over the last year that you think fans should know about or, or, or expect to see coming up in, in the near future on, on people's radars. Oh, uh, you know, the, 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 they've got a couple uh, catchers in the system who, who I, I like quite a bit, uh, you know, Alejandro Kirk and, uh, and Gabriel Moreno, uh, two, two different kind of guys, uh, you know, Kirk, I think, gets uh overlooked somewhat just because of his his body type uh, you know he's uh he's a he's a big guy <laughs> um he's uh you know he's not going to be on the cover of a, a fitness magazine or or anything like that so I, I think he maybe gets overlooked uh in part because of that but I, I think this guy can can really really hit he's got a really good track record of hitting it's it's a short swing he controls the strike zone it's you know, fastball, breaking ball, changeup, doesn't matter what kind of pitch or, or what part of the strike zone, uh, he barrels it consistently. He, he walks more than he strikes out. Um, and I, I think he's he's got a chance to stick behind the plate. It's, it's not the ideal 
uh, catcher's body, but uh, I think he actually does some some things pretty well uh, behind the plate. And then uh, Moreno is is another guy with uh, you know really good contact skills, more of an athletic uh, catcher. Still has to you know I think refine his his defense behind the plate, but I you know I expect him to certainly stay at catcher and a guy who has really good hand-eye coordination with him. It's, I mean, uh, sometimes it even gets him in trouble where <laughs> he can make contact with pitchers that are outside the strike zone uh, too. So I think just being able to, uh, you know, tighten that, that zone management is, is key for him, but we saw some adjustments uh, for him this year with his swing where the, uh, the power really started to uh, come out that that wasn't something he had ever, shown before and i think that was just some of the uh the swing adjustments that he made really uh really helped him take a step forward there and um so i think you've got a couple couple pretty exciting catching prospects in in the system guys who you know i I wouldn't be surprised if uh kirk actually ended up in in buffalo uh by the end of the year and and maybe moreno within uh, uh, a couple years so uh pretty good catching down in the uh, you know, do or down at the A ball levels for the for the Blue Jays in 2019. Our thanks again to Ben for joining us here in the Power Alley. Look forward to checking out the entire list of the top 30 prospects ranked by Baseball America as we head towards the 2020 season. That is always a must-read list as we head towards the start of baseball in April here in Buffalo. We'll chat next time. I'm Pat Melicaro here in the Power Alley.